like I was saying before, like I don't have an anchor partner. I don't have a, a primary, right? So with all of these people I do have, not having that sometimes can be very like trying and and a bit tricky because I don't know how I feel sometimes because do I feel like I want that? Do I feel sad about the fact that I don't have that? Do I resent like any kind of part of our relationship because of it? So that's like, that's where it becomes a little bit tricky. Welcome to Normalizing Non-Monogamy, the podcast where we interview incredible people from across the entire spectrum of non-monogamy to hear their fascinating stories. We strive to bring guests on the show who have a healthy approach to non-monogamy. However, it's important to remember that everyone does it a little bit differently, and the views and opinions expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect our own. Additionally, we produce this show for entertainment purposes only. Please be aware that we aren't doctors or therapists. Consult a medical professional for anything regarding your health that you might learn about on the show. Enjoy! Welcome to episode 153. We're Finn and Emma, and today we have an interview with Scarlett. She was married for 10 years, recently divorced, I guess the last two years, and just kind of dove into everything head first. Yeah, like everything. Like everything. She's been all, having a lot of fun. All of the things. <laughs> So it's a super badass interview. She's uh, wild and wonderful. That's yeah. what I'm, I'm going to go with. Yeah. And she identifies as solo poly, but she also talks about BDSM. Yeah. And, and she's also been to over 40 countries, which kind of comes up a little bit, which yeah. is pretty awesome. So uh, stay tuned for more awesomeness uh, from Scarlett. And thank you to her uh, for being vulnerable and sharing her story with us. Yes. Before we get into our interview, we have a couple of quick announcements as normal. Um, the first is that we wanted to let everyone know a heads up that there's a poly, the Poly Dallas Millennium Conference is happening virtually this coming weekend. It's November 6th to the 8th. And some of our previous guests are speakers and actually organizers for the event. Yeah. Ruby and Sharita are sort of co-organizers, co founders of Poly Dallas Money. It's been going on for quite a few years. Um, and then obviously shifted to virtual this year. So it's super exciting. Um, Ruby was on episode 133. Along so with Sharita. Uh, along with Sharita. Yeah, that was the State of the Union, Black Polyamory and Uprisings. And the pandemic. And the pandemic. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of shit going on this year. Uh, then Sharita was com- came back on in episode 138. And also... Way back, one of the OGs, episode <laughs> 38, was Crystal Farmer, and she will be one of the speakers as well. So if you want to get a sneak peek of that, uh, you can go back and listen to some of those episodes, and then definitely go support Poly Dallas and what they're doing. It's fantastic work, and we're super excited to help uh throw some people their way. Yes, you can find links to the conference too in our show notes. And you can do that by going to our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com, clicking on the podcast tab, and then clicking on today's episode. Yep. And we will also put some right in the show notes of your podcast player as well. Save you a couple of steps. Exactly. All right. So one other community thing that we wanted to touch on was just saying a huge thank you to our Patreon community. We're we're scraping up against 130 members and it's been amazing. We honestly, fantastic. And it's one of the best parts of doing this show besides talking to all the amazing people. There's lots of good parts. Yeah, there's lots of good parts. (laughs) But anyway, we just wanted to say a huge thank you to everybody who's part of that community. We're going to talk more about what that exactly is in the outro, but there are just a few couple important dates that we wanted to throw out for anybody listening. Yes. So upcoming dates, we have a women's discussion group call on November 11th. That's a Wednesday, a men's discussion group call on November 17th, and a Q&A on November 18th. And just, we mentioned this last week, but we wanted to just reiterate, with the men's and women's groups, uh, we understand that those are sort of binary terms and can be somewhat exclusive and that is not our intent um we those those groups are open to essentially anybody uh, who feels comfortable in either one of those spaces and so if you identify as non-binary or a trans man or a trans woman or wherever you feel that you fit the best it's really just to create a safe and welcoming space for people and um we're trying to do our best to do that but i just wanted to say as well If you are somebody in a community that doesn't necessarily feel safe coming to either one of those, please reach out to us and um, we're happy to work with you to help 
create a space for you as well because we that's what we really want to do we just don't really fit in either of those spaces so it's hard for us to organize that so please reach out to us we would love to help facilitate that and make it a reality yes for sure and every just everything what finn said is exactly right um I love hearing that. Say, say <laughs> that one more. Say, say it again. It doesn't happen very often. Now say it again. It was music <laughs> to my ears. <laughs> it does not happen very often. But in that case, yes, you're right. I will. I'm going to keep that recording forever. <laughs> For the other quick announcement is our upcoming virtual meet and greet. These are open to everyone, not just Patreon members. And our next one is going to be Friday the 13th. Uh, Friday night It's going to be from 10 p.m. to midnight Eastern Standard Time. And... So two weeks from now, roughly. A week and a half. A week and a half. <laughs> we'll, we'll give you all the details again in the outro of what these are, but really just think amazing community, ways to meet people all over the all over the world. And actually, I was, I was chatting with somebody earlier today who has been part of both the Patreon and the meet and greets, and he said that because of the show, he's met, they, they've counted over six people couples or people that they've become really good friends with not just like acquaintances but like bffs that's awesome yeah so get yourself some community (laughs) and come join us yeah (laughs) and uh with that we just wanted to say head over to our website normalizingnonmonogamy.com in case you forgot you can find show notes there under the podcast tab all the information about the meet and greets patreon as well as contact us yeah, which we love it when you do. Uh, we've gotten some really great voicemails the last couple days. So keep sending those over. We'll always send them back to you. And thank you for reaching out to us and letting us know how we're doing. We love hearing from you. And now let's go talk to Scarlett. Welcome to the show, Scarlett. We're excited you reached out <laughs> not too long ago and have you listed off a whole lot of stuff in your email about all of the things you've experienced. Yes. And I mean... We'll get to them all, but do you want to introduce yourself for the listeners? Sure. Uh, so I am in my early 40s. I came out of a very vanilla marriage almost two years ago now, and I kind of dove head first into all things lifestyle, like every possible thing I could explore. I started exploring. I now identify as uh, solo poly. And have a few people that I have regular, consistent things with. But in addition to that, obviously, you know, there's some other shenanigans that I take part in. Uh, But just really enjoying exploring all of that and also understanding that, you know, what I had before was, it broke for a reason. So, uh, you know, I'm just kind of still exploring those things. And it feels kind of strange to do that at this age because it feels like I should have done this a lot younger. And I meet a lot of people as I get into this community that are a lot younger than me. And I'm always just like, you're so lucky that you understood, like that you understand this now in your 20s or your 30s. And you didn't like have to wait to go through all this other bullshit to get to this point. But I think that's also why I've kind of got, you know, dove in head first because I just wanted to like explore everything and do everything. And I was talking to y'all before about traveling and I equate what I do now to traveling because before I used to travel a lot, went to a lot of different places. Um, now as a single parent and full-time working, I don't feel like I can travel as much, but I still think that when I get to go and do all of these different things, that for me, that is a way of traveling. Like it's not geographical, but it is a way of stepping outside of my comfort zone and experiencing new things that is really important for me, like, and for my soul. So that's Mm -hmm. kind of where I am right now. Yeah. Yeah. I love that because it's, it really is similar, like exploring the monogamy and all those Pushing yourself outside your comfort zone is so similar to what you do when you travel. Yeah. And and up until, you know, the two years ago when you dove in, you you told us before we started recording that you traveled to over 40 countries. And but you were also you were married for 10 years uh, leading mm-hmm. up to that. So you got married, I would say my math says like around 28 ish. Um, early 30s. Early 30s. Um, okay. And I married someone that I met when I was living abroad. Okay. And he is from a very conservative culture. 
extremely conservative culture. Um, and so that was a big challenge for me because even before I dove into this now, when I was in my 20s and early 30s, I was very adventurous in general, sexually and, you know, travel and all that stuff. So it was a shock to everybody I knew that I was going to marry someone like this. They were like, what? What are you doing? Like everybody was kind of shocked by it. And and now that I look back on it, it it seems like, I don't know, I was in like a different headspace when I was living abroad because it just seemed like the right thing to do at the time. And, and it's not the best situation. Um, and we definitely had so many cultural and religious differences. I mean, I don't have religion, so to speak, um, but he's very um, dedicated to culture and religion and all of that stuff. And so it was difficult for us to come to terms with our differences. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, and so I think that was a I, big part of it. Yeah. No, uh, thank you for sharing that. And I think where I was, what I was kind of trying to get to was before your marriage, before you got into the vanilla marriage, was non-monogamy or any of the kink, BDSM, any of that on your spectrum, you know, previous to the marriage while you were traveling, while you were having all of these adventures? To a certain extent, when I was younger, like, I definitely had some experiences. I mean, I, listen, I told y'all, like, I'm a hoe for show. Like, <laughs> I love, like, I love being able to just experience things. Like, I don't, I always felt like I had autonomy from a very young age, you know, and that was something that was very apparent to me. So I would have lots of different sexual experiences and I wasn't shy about it or, you know, um, I didn't have any shame about it at all. And then there was a time when I was in college, I went to a very uh, liberal kind of hippie college and we had a co-ed frat, which was not like a frat at all. It was just a bunch of hippies like getting together and like staying up in a cabin and doing drugs and stuff pretty much. Um, am I allowed to say that? Of oh, you course. You can say anything you want. Okay. Okay. So we used to just go hang out at this cabin, but part of like the initiation, like they tried to kind of make it like a real initiation of like a frat. And so you'd have to get paddled. And I was like, every time we would go up to the cabin, I'd be like, Hey, I would like lean over the fireplace and be like, Hey, does anyone want to paddle me? Like, <laughs> I was totally all about it. I was like, give that to me. Like, I, I don't know. So I think that, and then, you know, there's like little things that I knew I always had kinks and I knew I always had those things in, in me, but I couldn't exactly explore them with the person I was with. And before that, um, I didn't have the community to explore it with. Like when I was younger, I didn't have the community to explore it with. So now it's, like I said, you know, I wish that I, that I, knew all of this and had all of this when I was younger, because I think my life would be much different. However, I probably wouldn't have my daughter. And so that's like, that would be the worst because she's amazing. So, you know, there's trade-offs. Yeah. Um, right. But, you know, I'm like the the old lady at all the parties now. <laughs> <laughs> Hardly. I was going to say, we've been to some parties and you would definitely not be the old lady at those parties. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, people, yeah, yeah. people of all ages go to go and check yeah, this out. Yeah, no, there definitely are. I I know I've seen I've seen some some stuff, but <laughs> um, you know I definitely am the older of like most of the people I hang out with. But I'm okay yeah. with it because I I don't feel I, I don't know I feel like I'm still very much on the same page as them, so it's okay, yeah. you know. But right. it's just different. Right. Yeah. So one thing you mentioned was that the marriage you know, you said it ended for a reason. And I was wondering, it, does that, is that something you're able to talk about? And does it, is that reason or reasoning, does that play into your starting to explore more? So I think just the fact that I couldn't explain or explore, or I couldn't express myself sexually with him. I couldn't tell him the things I wanted to without him thinking that it was like gross or dirty. Mm -hmm. which is so awful, right? Because every time I would say something like, hey, let's try this or let's do this, he'd be like, where did you learn about that? Why do you want to do that? Like, that's disgusting to me because he can watch porn all night. But if I watch porn, I'm like 
being disgusting. Like that's not something that women do in his culture, right? So it was this very much like lopsided kind of relationship in terms of, you know, our expectations of one another. And when I wanted to kind of get a little bit more kinky or do different things, there's no way. I even like tried to have him like fantasize about like, hey, what if we had like another woman in bed right now? Like, what would you do? And like, it was the worst. Like his, <laughs> like his, <laughs> it was so bad. Like I couldn't even believe how not just like, it wasn't, it was not inventive at all, but not only that, but it was just like, he couldn't like get there because he could never even imagine that. Cause it wasn't something that he even probably wanted. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So it's like just, it was just so, such a, so foreign to him. Yeah. It's so strange to me though. Cause it's like every guy wants, like, not every guy. Okay. I know, but most guys like want to do that. Right. So I thought like, Oh, like, let's talk about this and like, see where it goes. And like, that gets me turned on. And he was just like, eh, eh, eh. like he doesn't know what to say, you know? Like he just was describing how he was going to fuck me. Like he normally does. And I'm like, okay, but we do that all the time. Like, let's talk about other stuff. So, yeah. 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 Well, I think then maybe it's a, a good transition into you come out of this marriage and you're set, you kind of set yourself free and what, what, what happens? Yeah. What does that look like? <laughs> so that looks like me just, um, finding every possible avenue for exploring and so basically the first things I did was kind of you know I went on fields I went on tinder for a little bit I met someone on tinder that actually is still a regular partner of mine he's in an open marriage um, but they weren't married at the time they were just uh dating and I actually like helped him like you know get through the like the engagement and stuff and I was one of the first people he sent a picture to after they got engaged and then they got married this past year and it's like he's still a very close friend of mine and we still do the all the things that we like to do um he's very into like BDSM which was a really big revelation for me because I didn't know how much I loved it. Like I told you, like I like getting paddled and like I've had some belts before, whatever, but like other level kind of stuff. And so it was really eye-opening and important for me to move forward. And so we still talk on a pretty much a daily basis. We haven't seen each other much recently because of, you know, things. Yeah. Yeah. So that was really great. And then when I went back up north to visit my family, I like started reaching out to people on FetLife and like finding out like what's going on up here, like what things are there. And I never knew that my home city was like seething with filth. Like it's so good. Like there's so much stuff to do up there. And I was just like, holy shit. Like I was up there around Christmas and I went out um, to these social clubs, social clubs, sex clubs, basically, (laughs) um, which we don't have down here where I live. So I went to, uh, sex clubs. Like I met someone on fat life that I met out for drinks beforehand and he was just really cool. He was like the mayor. Like we showed up there and he knew everybody and everybody knew him and everybody was like, Oh my God, like just a really good dude and also very attractive. And we had like a thing. Um, and we had the best time ever while we were there. Uh, and then I ended up going back by myself, like every night that they were open until I left. <laughs> Cause I was just like, I love this shit because everybody there was so nice. It's so welcoming. The difference, like I would say between like a play party and, and like a sex club is like, you have all these different areas, right? So you have like the bar, you have like the dance floor, you have the out outside smoking area you have like you know the dungeon you have all these different things going on so you can just kind of float around I'm very extroverted so I love to talk to people so I just walked around and talked to people for hours and you know see what happens and if something happens it does and if it doesn't that's okay too but it's just really cool to kind of be in that space with so many people that are on the same page as you and like understand like your you know, propensities, like it's just different. Um, and I hadn't really experienced that before. So that was 
fantastic for me. And even when I was leaving, like the last night I was there, like the staff was all hugging me and they're like, we're going to miss you so much. And like the bartender, like friended me on Facebook and they're like, and the, the other people that work there, like friended me on FetLife and they're like, we're really going to miss you. You're the best. And it was just such a great time. And I met other people through there too. And I ended up having some other hookups, whatever, but nothing like that's, you know, has any longevity. I'm still in touch with the guy that I initially went there with and with his best friend that we had a threesome with. Um, so that's cool. So if I ever go, you know, well, not if I ever, when I go back to visit, like I'll hang out with them. Yeah. For sure. It sounds like you found your little tribe up there. Yeah. And I was so sad because I was like, I just want to like cut it out and like move it to where I live. Like, I don't want it to be up there because it's like, you know, but we don't have anything that like explicit here. Like we have social clubs, but they are more, they're a little bit more tame. They're more like fetish nights, you know, that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. where it's a little bit more, you do these things and then you leave. Like, it's not like there's just, you know, so anyway. No, that sounds sounds like a hell of a good time. Oh yeah, go home to visit family, and you wind up having threesomes and all sorts of yeah. Good it's parties. interesting to go home to, uh, you know, like take a shower at my sister's house, and she like walks in, and my whole backside is just like fucking covered in bruises, and I'm like, <gasps> like, uh, you know, because I I do like to spend some time in the dungeon. So it's kind of a thing. Um, but yeah, that's that's always fun to explain so, to people. So I was like, did you have to explain that to her? <laughs> yeah, she's like, what happened? I'm like, well, like I explained it to her like in a very high level, like nothing, you know, serious because she would never understand it. And luckily, like I had a towel on. So it's not like so bad that it's, you know, that she saw the whole thing. Because if she saw the whole thing, she'd be like, are you in danger, girl? <laughs> <laughs> and it, it seems like you weren't in much danger based on the no, amount of I smiling not and... at all <laughs> yeah. no no I had a fantastic time and never felt like no no never yeah. so, so you go back home and you have to now start to try to create a community around your your home right and and mm-hmm. how how does that go for you so I've done different things so um there's a lot of so we have a lot of nudist resorts and stuff here where I live. Um, so I've gone to, and we also have like swingers clubs, right? So the swingers clubs I, for me are different than, than like social clubs or sex clubs. Like I think they're different, right? It's not just that like swinger vibe. It's not like everybody's like SDC, like, Oh, like check out my profile. Like, let's do this. Like, you know what I mean? You you don't necessarily want to do those things without being in a couple. So here I've, I have a couple of people that I trust and that I have relationships with that I will go to, like, I've been to a nudist resort for like a party. Um, I was not nude. It was a, (laughs) it was like a party where they had you dressed up, you know, in a animal motif, we'll say right because the other <laughs> the other phrase for it is is uh not nice but anyway so there was animal motif so um i went to that and that was like really interesting to kind of go to the swingers thing and they have like all these apartments there that some people i guess have like timeshares or something and like some other people get them for the night so we got like invited to parties and i will tell you i was very surprised because in the past when i had heard about this place i heard that like you know it's a lot of older people like you know and it wasn't going to be like super sexy but i was really really pleasantly surprised because everybody was gorgeous and there was so many like beautiful costumes and people were just like dancing everywhere. There's like poles, like there's like four poles in the center of the dance floor and stuff. And I was like, this is really badass. Like I really enjoyed it, but yeah, it was nice. Um, and then I also went to a swingers club by myself twice, two nights in a row. (laughs) Cause I, cause again, being a single mom, like I have time off sometimes. Right. I can't always do things on the weekends. And one night I had gone to, um, I'd gone there by myself and 
just kind of had a really good time, met a couple of couples that I like, you know, kind of vibed with, had a good time. We chatted. There wasn't any sex involved, but it was just really nice to kind of just be around people, you know, and just have a, a an interesting conversation. And then um, the second night, I actually went on a date with a guy and it was just a shitty date. And I was like, Ugh. and he was like, oh, I'm going to go watch the the fight now or something. And I was like, who the fuck does that? Like we planned a date. Like you're going to go watch a fight. And I was like, okay, cool. I'm just going to go to this fucking swingers club then. So have a good night. I mean, I didn't tell him that, but I was like, okay, bye. <laughs> so that's what I did. I went for myself again, ended up meeting someone there and like having sex on a weird piece of furniture. So that was fun. <laughs> Yeah. You, you you salvaged well, that date. I was gonna say right? all while he's watching the I fight. Did. Uh, yeah. I did. <laughs> yes, I did. So yeah, so that and then um I have a regular invite to a play party that's obviously not going on right now, but generally speaking, that's like a monthly thing and it's amazing and really fun. And I usually go with the same person every time who's um a regular a consistent partner. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. One of the things you mentioned in your email, and I was hoping to, to talk about it a little bit, was that you said you had some long-term or consistent relationships with sex workers and that those were somewhat sort of transformational. And I would just love to hear a little more about that. Yeah. So there, so I, I said sex workers, I think at first, and then I was like, wait, 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 they're not sex workers. They're um, in the adult industry. Okay. So um, do make content for the internet essentially one of which is probably one of my closer people that I consider like you know to be one of my more consistent partners um and I absolutely adore him and I root for him every day and I just like want him to succeed so badly but we have a really really strong connection um and when we are able to spend time together it's mind-blowing and incredible and and it's not just because he's you know doing that on a regular basis (laughs) we just happen to have like a really good situation you know it's interesting because it gets you to kind of like so it's it's different than just compersion right so like it's it's a whole other level from compersion it's like are you okay with watching someone that's your partner or someone that you like on a regular basis like do that with other people all the time and he legit will like send me links and be like hey what do you think about this teaser that I'm putting on Pornhub and I'm like yeah that looks great I really like the lighting and your body looks awesome and like you fucked her really good like that's the best like what else you know Um, and so it's just interesting and different to like have that be a part of my regular kind of thing but I really do feel like Sometimes it gets a little bit tricky um, when there are like more feelings involved with other people. Like mm-hmm. the compersion thing is, is still very tricky for me. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. I and have, I think, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, no. I just, I, I always feel like I'm, I'm over it and I'm like, okay, that's cool. Like I'm totally fine. But then I do have moments, you know, of insecurity, like everybody does, where I kind of feel a little like, maybe I'm not okay with this. Like, maybe I'm not okay with not being like, you know, like I was saying before, like, I don't have an anchor partner. I don't have a a primary, right? So with all of these people I do have, not having that sometimes can be very like trying and, and a bit tricky because I don't know how I feel sometimes because do I feel like I want that? Do I feel sad about the fact that I don't have that? Do I resent like any kind of part of our relationship because of it? So that's like, that's where it becomes a little bit tricky, but for the most part, I'm on board with all of the things. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. That was not the most eloquent. No, 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 it's (laughs) fine. And I think Sort of what it was, what I kind of heard was like, and I don't want it to play like, what was me? Because you're obviously you're having a lot of fun, but that, that, that you're not anybody's primary partner. And so you're continually 
I don't want to say fending for yourself, but like if there's a shitty date, you come home together or you come home by yourself versus if you were in a couple and it was a shitty date, right? You go to meet the guy and he wants to go to the fight. And, you know, if that was us two, we'd be like, okay, go for yourself and we'll go home and we're together. But you're like, well, I got to, I'm going to salvage this for me. There's no one there to like bail you out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And I actually had one of those this past week. I had a shitty date and it was a kind of thing where we had like super chemistry, you know, just from talking and like everything was great. And I thought it was going to be fantastic. Like he was like, I'm giddy to see you. Like what guy ever says that? He's like, I'm giddy about you. And I was like, really? Oh my God, that's so adorable. Um, And so I thought it was going to be this fucking great thing. But yeah, at the end of the night, like it didn't go well. And I was like, I'm going to go to the next spot. I was wearing a mask just so you know, like I'm not out there just being crazy. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so I went to the next spot and just basically ended up like hanging out with strangers, which was fine. They were very nice. And we had shots together and like hung out and had all the talks about all the things. And it was a fantastic evening at the end of it. But yes, I did come home to just like me and was also at the time like messaging with somebody who I have kind of a regular relationship with, which is he's long distance ish. So we don't have, um, regular interactions sexually. Um, but we definitely speak on a very regular basis and we started out as sexual partners and then kind of like moved to just being like really good friends. And I'm like messaging him like, oh my God, I can't believe this. And then he stopped messaging me. He messaged me in the morning. He's like, listen, I stopped responding because I realized that you were drinking and you were not talking to me anymore. You just wanted to talk and just say the things that you wanted to say. And none of, nothing that I would say would even be like a, a response for you. So that's why. And I was like, okay. But we talked about it and he like kind of, you know, told me why the things that happened happened. Like I definitely got a little bit, um, I guess probably mommy-ish with, <laughs> with him because he was like, oh, you can come over if you want. And I was like, it's either an enthusiastic yes or it's a fucking no from me. Like, don't tell me I can come over if I want. Like, you either really fucking want me to come over or you don't. Like, I'm not taking it in between. I'll go. You know, it was just like a very strange thing because it was so built up. I think the anticipation sometimes like ruins things, you know, but I also don't like ever meeting someone in person. If I meet them online, I don't like ever meeting someone in person that I haven't talked to for like a good amount of time. Right. To, un- to make sure that like, like you can actually hold a conversation that we're going to be able to like gel in some way. And I'm not just going to show up for a date. Like, after I talked to you for a day. So that's why it was like that. The anticipation, I think kind of like ruins it. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah. That's a bummer. But at least you were able to, you said, talk to your um, partner and also just go and have fun that night. Yeah. Salvage it. Yeah. 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 I, I was curious, you know, a lot of people when they, when they start diving into this, they're, coming into it almost blind in a sense and they usually dive into what like different books and podcasts and they look for all of the resources and try to figure out like what's the right way to do this how what do all these words mean you know what is polyamory what is swinging what is compersion and you've dropped a couple of the sort of the buzzwords and I was curious like did you dive into it blind or did you go on like a research rampage to figure out like okay I'm I came out of this marriage what do I want to do now and and how do I do it because I think that could be really intimidating for people like I don't even know where to begin yeah so I think for me obviously google fucking everything you know being on things like FetLife and also um I'm in a Facebook group that is just like it's derived from a murder podcast which is very strange but um (laughs) Like a you know true crime podcast, I should say, yeah, not a yeah. podcast. Um, but it's it's just basically a bunch of very sex positive folks, uh, mostly women, but some men as well. And 
so there's just constant dialogue in there and lots and lots of talk about like, you know, all of these things. And so there's that. And then podcasts are a big thing for me. I listen. So I work, you know, eight hours a day with earbuds in. So I listen to the podcast, like I consume way more podcasts than probably the average bear. Um, and so I definitely think podcasts more so than like reading books, um, because, you know, I fall asleep when I read books, um, <laughs> but definitely podcasts, uh, just groups of people and just kind of, you know, just doing my own research online and just learning like the different elements and the different lingo and all of that kind of stuff and, and understanding more. But I think I had said to y'all, like, I didn't necessarily think about being like solo poly and then like listening to your podcast and someone said solo poly. And I was like, Oh, well, that's what I fucking am. Like, Oh my God. Yeah. I didn't realize it. Cause it's not, that's not really something that's delved into much. Right. Because it's always like you're polyamorous, you're non-monogamous, you're open, you're this, you're that, but being like solo poly isn't really something that's talked about that much. Mm-hmm. So I felt like it was like, Oh, okay. That was like a, like a revelation for me. So yeah. yeah. Well, that's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> how about, how have you kept yourself sexually safe and physically safe as you've been meeting people and going on this adventure? So I get tested regularly. I drop pins and send like, uh, I send addresses and screenshots of people's like social media profiles and anything, if I'm going on a date or going with someone that I've never met before or that, you know, my friends don't know, um, I'm definitely like giving all that information to my friends, right? And I'm dropping pins if I'm moving anywhere. If I decide to go home with someone or decide to bring someone home with me, like I'm making sure that my friends know that. Um, so because like I said, I'm into the true crime and a lot of my friends are too, you know, we're all about stay sexy, don't get murdered. So we will share that information with one another and vice versa. Like I have friends that do the same for me. Um, so yeah, I just, I try to just always make sure that somebody knows where I am. Right. Yeah. No, that's huge. I love the way you said that. (laughs) It's actually don't get murdered. (laughs) And it's awesome that you have that group of friends. That's really important to have that community. Yeah. 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 Yeah, And you know, after coming out of your marriage, after coming, you know, 10 years being married, when you came out of this marriage over the last two years, what, have you seen about yourself sort of change, you know, either for the positive or the negative, like growth you've seen, you know, just in who you are and, and what your, you know, day to day being? Oh, I mean, I feel like I was not super confident in myself, even though I knew I should have been, I feel like I wasn't, I just feel like I wasn't myself. I feel like I was being someone else for someone else and not really expressing myself in the way I dressed and the way I carried myself and, you know, everything from like top to bottom, like it's a huge difference. You know, anybody you would talk to that's known me for a few years, um, would say that it's just like a transformation. Like I came out of a fucking (laughs) darkness into the light and now I'm just a completely different person. You know, I'm so much more confident. I'm so much happier with the way that I am. I'm much more, um, I would say that I kind of give off like a different vibe. I mean, I was always like an extrovert, um, but I wasn't able to be the extrovert that I wanted to be. So now I'm an extrovert and also like I can actually act on my extroversion, you know, so that's what's different now. Um, and so people that meet me would probably, you know, be compelled to spend more time with me or whatever. Whereas before it was like I was kind of off limits. And so, yeah, it's just really a huge fucking difference. Yeah. Sorry I bought all the swearing. No, no, it's not a fucking problem. <laughs> it's not a problem at all. <laughs> do you see anything changing in your future? Like, do you want to just keep exploring or what do you, where do you see yourself going? So it's interesting because um, a couple of the people that I have regular 
you know, relations, relations or relationships with, um, are really, I mean, they're younger, a lot younger than me. So I should also say that I'm in my early forties and I generally only date men that are in their early thirties. Um, I like the stamina and (laughs) the body composition. (laughs) (laughs) of men in their thirties. And I'm sorry to anybody that's listening that's in their forties. I'm sure you're all gorgeous and amazing, but, and, and also have stamina, but it's just the thing. I don't know, maybe whatever. It's okay. You Uh, can like what you like. It's okay. And I'm in my early early thirties, so I'm not offended. (laughs) Yeah. See, so I'm allowed to have preferences, right? So that's where I am right now. Like that's mostly like the type of, of dudes and ladies as well that I date. But when I've recently like spoken with them, they're like, they're kind of really hell bent on like finding primary partners and becoming monogamous, which is interesting to me, which is what I was saying before is like, you found this so much younger than I did. Right. So you're like on this different, you know, this different path than I am. So now they've already done that for a few years and they're ready for like the, the long term, like they want like the marriage and the white picket fence and the, you know, whatever. And it's just like, for me, I'm like scrambling because I'm like, well, do I need to find other people? Because like, are you going to leave me? Like, I can't take it. Um, but at the same time, I support them so much in it and I'm so happy for them. And like anytime that they have dates with someone that they think is like a potential, I'm always just like, tell me more. Like I'm, I'm very like mommy-ish in that way. Like when it comes to my relationships, like I can very much be like just that support system and I'm okay with that. And I don't think that anybody that I have any relationships with now that they would never be in my life. Like I feel like I would always be some type of part of their life, whether it's me just being a cheerleader on the side or, you know, actually like being able to still have other stuff. Um, but for myself, like for right now, I being a mother of a nine-year-old and not wanting her to go through having different people in her life that aren't going to be there permanently. I don't see myself like looking for an anchor or a primary partner anytime soon. Um, and I'm okay with that. Um, and I just feel like I've come to this realization that like, we're just so multifaceted and expecting one person to like fulfill all of those things and mirror all of those things for you is so absurd for me. I know that some people aren't like that, but, um, I I don't want to hold anyone to that standard and I don't want to resent someone for not being able to meet that standard. So I really just want to be able to, to go forward the way that I am right now. And if I have several partners into my, you know, golden years, that's cool. And if I end up with one person, that's also cool. But I can't imagine that one person's ever going to be able to, you know, really fully satisfy all of those parts of me. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. Do you find that like, partner A does X, Y, and Z for you and partner B does these things for you and this other partner does. So you kind of check different boxes with different partners. For sure. hundred percent. And so like, I think I had mentioned before, like the, the guy that's in the open relationship that I've been with for like, I, we've been dating for like over a year now. Um, he's into BDSM he will like destroy me. It's amazing. I love it. I get subspace. I get that amazing feeling. That's so good. I have, you know, my other guy that we just have just amazing, like just the most incredible sex I've ever had in my life. I'm not going to lie. It's just out of this world. And it's so for both of us, like I will cry because it's so good. Like I'm not even joking. So like, that's something that you don't find with everyone, obviously. And then I have my other person that I speak to regularly where it's more of an emotional relationship. And I find myself more so being supportive of him and kind of, you know, helping him through his stuff. But then when I have things too, I can 
you know, bounce it off of him. Um, so it's just that, but you know, you also have your friends. Like I have my, my two best girlfriends where I can share everything with them. You know, I, that's what I was saying. Like we're so multifaceted. Like you have so many different interests and so many different things that you need. You need to be, sometimes you need to be submissive. Sometimes you need to be, uh, the, the supportive role for someone else. Sometimes you need to, you know, just pour your heart out. Like there's all these different things that you need and that you want. And it's nice to have different people to fulfill all of that. So. Oh, for sure. You mentioned women, uh, in one of your previous, um, points you made. And so I was curious, like, have you exploring your sexuality, something new in the last few years, or have you always known? Um, no, I had a girlfriend for three years before, um, around college time. We're actually still really good friends. She's wonderful. Whenever I go up North to visit, we hang out. Um, she's probably like, like one of the best people I've ever met my entire life. She's like a hospice social worker. Like that's, I mean, who could do that for a living? I would cry myself to sleep every night. Um, she's a wonderful human being. Um, and I've been with a lot of other women sexually. Um, I don't have any women that I'm in like a relationship with right now, but I'm definitely not opposed to that because that's something that I really enjoy. And I've been domed by women a few times recently. And that was like very, very amazing for me. I was just like, it's, it's a whole different thing than being done by a man so yeah cool yeah i was curious maybe it's along that same line is like what are what are some of the things you've learned about yourself the last couple of years that surprised you maybe that you were not expecting uh to to find well if we're talking, well, I'm, so now I'm in like that whole space of like being dumb. So just my, um, my threshold for pain, my like limitlessness. So I think that that's also something that can translate into your regular life. Right. So if you feel kind of limitlessness or if you feel, um, that you can, take something like that, you know, very intense kind of session or scene, whatever you want to call it. I remember like I had a, a really super intense scene with a, a Dom, D-O-M-M-E Dom. And afterwards I came home and I ended up like doing like a, a water fast for a week and like quit smoking and it was just like, you know, did all this. And I just was like, this was amazing for me because it kind of made me realize how much I can endure and how much I can actually do for myself just by being in that scene, which mm-hmm. was kind of a, a, a weird after effect, I guess. Like it, like it gave you the confidence to push yourself to like a new limit. To, to accomplish yeah yeah it, it made me understand like what my body can actually endure so like a seven day water fast is like not a big fucking deal if you've just endured like 15 different implements of destruction like <laughs> <laughs> on your body like it's yeah. like you can do this you know what i mean so yeah, yeah. i think Maybe, you know, Emma asked earlier about how you keep yourself safe, you know, sexually and when you're going out to meet people. I think it would maybe be important to talk a little bit about keeping yourself safe in the BDSM and kink side of things. Because, you know, there are obviously amazing, wonderful people out there. But we, you know, we have heard of people who take this as an advantage. They take try to take advantage of this situation. Like, oh, I can now hurt people or I can push people to limits that I want, not that they want. So learning to communicate and navigate the BDSM and kink world safely, you know, a lot of this knowledge that we have is secondhand coming from, from Dan Savage. I would, I will freely, (laughs) I will freely admit that we have never really explored this ourselves. So just wondering how you navigate that, keeping yourself safe, keeping, you know, you want to make sure you're coming home to your daughter every night. Right. And so. yeah. So I don't think I've ever been in a scene with someone that I don't at least have 
some kind of secondhand trust. And I know that that's not, you know, explicit trust or implicit trust, but there's still like that, you know, somebody I know that knows somebody like, it's not someone completely foreign to me. I'm not like walking into a, you know, a dungeon with somebody I've never met before and allowing them to, you know, um, I think that's part of it. I think communication obviously is a huge part of it. Having those, uh, talks beforehand about what you're willing to endure, like what you're okay with. And at the end of the day, I mean, if, if you're in a situation like, I was saying before, like being at a sex club or something, there's so many people there and there's so many safeguards in place that there's no way that you're going to ever get to a point where you feel unsafe or uncomfortable. But if you're at like a more private situation, I think it really depends on like, you know, trusting someone or having someone that you know is trusted by your circle of friends. Um, yeah. yeah. No, I think that's helpful. Yeah. yeah it's, it's helpful to know that you're not just like, you met some random dom on Tinder and he came over or no, you went over nope. to his house nope. and he's like, I got a dungeon in my basement. Come on over. No, no, I'm not doing that ever. <laughs> and I'm not having anybody come to my house because I have a child. So yeah, no, I'm not doing that. No, definitely. Like if you're going to do that, like there has to be someone that's in your circle or it should be someone like if you're doing it in a, you know, in a club or something, like, you know, that the club is safe. There's people watching out for you and, and, if you're in a really, you know, a decent place, like a sex club like that, like there's people watching out, there's security everywhere. There's staff everywhere. They're always making sure that everybody's safe. And that's the best thing about it too. Right. So you can be up on the St. Andrew's cross in front of 20 people and have the dungeon master, like whoop the shit out of you. However, the staff's watching and making sure that you're safe. And also the dungeon master is making sure that you feel comfortable and asking you questions and communicating with you the whole time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. I think a, with a lot of BDSM, it's this, there's so many safeguards in place when you do it in those public places. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank, thank you for sharing that. Cause I think, you know, somebody listening who's like, I want to try BDSM and they got maybe this wrong idea of how to go about it. And I think that really, no, do not answer. (laughs) Do not just show up at some guy's house that you met on Fat Life. Do not just like go up to a Tinder, Tinder meetup. No, no, absolutely (laughs) not. Cause you might end up in silence of the lambs, like Go in, be safe. Eating your own brains at dinner. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I wasn't talking about that. I was talking about the well, but yeah. Okay, well. Yeah, both. Different partners fulfill different needs, okay? Right. (laughs) We took a dark turn there. (laughs) So are there things or what are some of the things that you have not yet got to experience that you're maybe looking forward to? Or have you done it all? You've just done it all. Uh, my fuck it list. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, I really want to peg a guy. Um, are we really talking about my fuck it list? Because if we are, like, there's some stuff. Hey, you you talk so, about whatever, whatever you want to talk about. Okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, my fuck it list is um, I want to peg a guy. That's, that, that's probably number one. I want to have a bisexual MMF threesome. Two dudes that want to get into each other. Like I want, I want that. Um, I don't know what else. I mean, I've done a lot of stuff. Like I've had like group stuff, gangbangy kind of shit. Like I've had threesomes. Like I've had um, mostly everything. I think. I don't know. Those are some good ones that, yeah, you, no. that you brought up. Yeah, so. those are probably my top two. Yeah, yeah. I know. Uh, I actually posted it, like I was telling you guys, my Facebook group, that my like little sex positive Facebook group. And I was like, hey, y'all, I think I marked everything off my pocket list. Like, can you help me? These are the only things left. Like, what else should I put on there? And like everything they named, I was like, done it, done it, done it, done it, done it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, you can always, I mean, you tried to crowdsource ideas. It's, you'll come up with more eventually, I'm sure. I will. Yeah. Of course. Of yeah. course. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much like, like I said, I'm like limitless. I just don't want any like scat or like, you know, piss play. And I'm not like yucking anyone's yum. And I'm not 
like kink shaming. It's just not for me. I don't want to be human urinal, nor do I want to use anyone else's human urinal, but that's okay. That's fine. We all have our own choices. (laughs) Yeah. You know, you mentioned your sister and family earlier. Like how open are you about the last, I mean, the last few years, if people know you well, they had to have seen a difference. So like how open about it all? So I live far from my family now. I live pretty, I don't know how many miles it is. I'm geographically challenged. Multiple states away. Multiple (laughs) states away. So they know that, they already knew before that I was like, I was like promiscuous. I hate that fucking word. But I was like doing my thing when I was younger anyway. So they already knew that I was like that. And so now they're like, okay, just as long as you're keeping your daughter safe, we don't give a fuck what you do. I don't share with them a lot of details because I don't need to, uh, especially because I don't see them. You know, my mom passed. My dad is not in my life. I don't have anybody to really answer to. And my sisters, I don't think they would ever judge me if I disclose this to them, but I don't really feel like it's a need at this point. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. and I don't want this to seem like I'm parlaying into like, have you told your daughter everything? But how, how, or have you had to have any conversations with your daughter? Like, has she brought up things? I know she's nine, so she's not quite to that. But I mean, we've talked to people where their younger kids are asking questions and they're starting to have to answer questions about. Yeah. Sex. I think that's more so if you have people around a lot where like sure. they need to know what the relationship is between mommy and this person. Yeah. Um, she only really has interactions with like a couple of my very close friends. She's met one of my partners, but it wasn't like a, a, you know, context of like a game night, like where there's a lot of people hanging out. Like it wasn't like, Oh, who's this guy? Like, you know, um, I don't feel the need. And also because like I said, her dad is very conservative and I don't expect that she will disclose things to him, but I also don't want to put her in that position. Of course. Because if he asks that, I don't want her to ever have to like rat me out. You know what I mean? Right. Um, And so for now, it's just me separately from her. And if things change in the future and I get into something where I do have an anchor partner or a primary partner and, you know, other stuff, like, yes, of course, I would disclose that. And let me tell you, this girl is the most progressive little chick you've ever met. Like she seriously would get it 100% and be completely fine with it. So it's not a matter of that. It's just that I don't want to like jump the gun and put her in that position right now. Cause yeah, there's, sure. there's no need for it. Of course. You know what I mean? Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. For sure. yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, it'll be interesting. Like just thinking ahead to, you and your your ex-husband, you know, her parents are polar opposites. And and that is going to be a really interesting way to to navigate through the world of becoming a woman. Uh, so. <laughs> yeah, she's she's already said things to me like, you know, is dad going to not like me like when I'm older because I'm okay with people being gay and with this and with that. Like she really like struggles with the fact that he's not progressive or open not, not, like that's not even progressive like that's just normal right but like that he's not open-minded and you know he might have these feelings towards her because she's already at this age okay with all of that and she's already like so much further than I ever was like probably into my teens you know and she's like got into an argument with her friends the other day because they didn't like think that black lives matter and I'm like who even are you this like like but it's amazing because she's also my child and like I love that you know but she's definitely gonna have some struggles with her dad yeah probably more than I did (laughs) (laughs) luckily we live in the United States now so we don't have to worry about any harm coming to her for not being that perfect little baby yeah no that's amazing so I, yeah, I mean, thank, I mean, thank you for sharing everything you've shared with us so far. Um, I mean, we love to hear bloopers. It sounds like you've definitely had that was some, my next question too. You've definitely had some adventures, and we we would love to hear if you had a blooper uh, anywhere along the way, if you were willing to share it. So this is kind of funny. So 
I actually, so I got invited to a, a play party with uh, my one partner and I knew that my other partner and his wife go, go to a play party like on a monthly basis. So I was like, Hey, is this the same one that y'all go to? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, well, you know, I want to be respectful of her. Like she knows about me, but I want to be respectful of her. Like, is she okay with me being there? Like, is she gonna be okay with meeting me? Cause we had never met before. She was like, you know, out of sight, out of mind. Like you suck his dick. Cause I don't do that. That's great. Sorry. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> but anyway, but that also kind of leads to the conversation. So basically, um, we went to this party together, my one friend and I, and we kind of got there and I got there first and I saw her because I had seen pictures of her. She's like a pinup model and shit. Like, so I like had seen pictures of her and stuff and I saw her like, you know, her hair and stuff. And I was like, oh, and I was like waving and she was just looking at me like, fuck are you and I was like okay cool and then he came over later and he's like she didn't recognize you and then uh we met and we ended up like talking and then later I was like up at the bar at the party like making drinks and she came up and she's like so the other guy that I was with at the party um is pretty well endowed we'll say and she was like how do you fucking do that like <laughs> how like, this is the guy that I'm fucking his wife. And she's like, how do you go down on him? I don't understand it. Like, it's insane to me. And I was just like, when you do what you love, you don't work a day in your life. <laughs> <laughs> Great response. <laughs> but yeah, it was just like the weirdest conversation because I didn't expect it at all because she's kind of like... I mean, even though she's like always at these parties and she's like into BDSM and stuff, she's kind of prudish. So it was just funny because like we, you know, just to have that conversation of her being like, what? How do you do? And then she also thanks me for like sucking off her husband. So that was nice too. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for doing that because I don't want to. And I'm like, you're welcome, babe. I mean, so. that's, a, that's the perfect example of do different partners fulfill different needs or do they yeah. seek them out in different places? And he can get everything, well, not presumably, a lot of things from his partner, his wife, but not that thing. And, <laughs> right. and he found you who who doesn't doesn't seem to mind it. So <laughs> I don't mind it. <laughs> Definitely don't hate it is what right, you're saying. Right, no, right. I enthusiastically don't mind it. <laughs> so uh, that was a good story. Yeah. No, that's funny. <laughs> it was it was pretty interesting and, and hilarious for me anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, is there anything else that you'd want to share before we let you get on with your night? I don't think so. We touched on it all. I we, feel like we covered a lot of ground in we like did. roughly an hour. Yeah. Yeah. It's been quite the journey. I think it's amazing that I think like we love to hear people, you know, coming from situations where maybe they weren't able to be them and then finding who you are, you know, and honestly a very short period of time, like for you to come out of that and in two years or less, you're like, doing the things you've done and you've crossed everything off your fuck it list other than like a couple of pretty vanilla things, to be honest. Um, no, I'm just kidding. That <laughs> <laughs> you, you've done, you've done a lot. And I yeah. think that's amazing to hear. Yeah. And, and I'm excited for you to continue to explore Thank you. And, and see where things go. Yeah. The trajectory has been amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you so much again for reaching out and coming out and sharing your story. And yeah, we're excited to get it out there. It was so nice to see your faces. Yeah. And don't tell anybody we have them. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Well, have a wonderful evening and uh, we'll be in touch for part two as we, well, that was before the interview. We were doing a part seven, right? You said there was going to be Scarlet and seven parts. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank you again and have a wonderful evening. You Bye. too. And we're back. Take three. <laughs> yeah, not my fault. But one of them is your mm. fault. Thank you so much to Scarlett for coming on the show and being vulnerable and sharing your story. And it's just amazing what you've been doing and just having so much fun. And we love talking to you. Yes. 
everything Emma said is correct. Woohoo! There you go. <laughs> you also don't say that very often. <laughs> or ever again. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm totally kidding. That's negative. I'll say it next week. Okay. I'll say it next week. Okay. Okay. Hold you to it. All right. We, we promised everybody all of the gooey details about what Patreon is and what our Patreon community is. So we have three different tiers. Uh, at the at the two dollar level, it's uh, you get a virtual uh, video Q and A, live Q and A every month. We do two of them, one for the East Coast and one for the West Coast on the same night. And the next one is November eighteenth. Yep, and those are really just a way for everybody in the community to come together, help each other, support each other, ask any questions. We answer them. People chime in, and it's just. A really great community building. Right. You go up to the $5 level and it starts to get hot in here. <laughs> you get involved. You can get involved in our MeWe chat, which we have a group chat as well as separate men's and women's chats. But you get access to all of that. You also um, get access to the men's and women's groups. So as Finn started said in the beginning, you know, we are have these groups. But whoever, if you feel comfortable in either one of them, we'd love to have you part of them. Um, the next women's group call is November 11th and we've been doing this since about April or May of this year and it's been amazing. And Finn just recently started the men's group. We'll have our first official call on the 17th. Yeah, we kicked it off actually last week and we did sort of a planning call with anybody who was interested. And on the first one we had like 17 people. Yeah. So that was amazing and we're super excited about it. And just really happy to be putting these these things together for the community. So come on out, join us. You can check it out for a month or you can pay for a year, whatever works for you. See if it's a good fit. Uh, we'd love to have you and we don't hold it against you if you don't stick around. No, not at all. The, the Q&As. Well, no. The meet and greet. <laughs> Did I do it? Yeah. I always screw those up. What you the do, hell? and then you just confuse everybody. The well, Q and A's are for Patreon. The yes. meet and greets are for everyone, I'm like sorry. outside I'll of Patreon. I'll stop talking. <laughs> Our next virtual meet and greet, again, open to anyone that wants to join, is ten dollars, and uh, it is on Friday the thirteenth. It'll be from ten p.m. to midnight Eastern time. And what we do for those meet and greets is we have everyone in one big Zoom room. We give a few icebreakers and chat for a second, um, and then we split up into smaller groups in Zoom breakout rooms and it's give you more intimate talking points exactly um, in groups of three or that four was people. That sultry. <laughs> it was. You know, talk like that the rest of the show? No. <laughs> so anyway, you're broken up into groups to get to meet some different people and then you come back to the main room, we scramble the rooms and you try again. And so it has been a lot of fun. We've had a great turnout and we're excited to continue doing them. Yeah, come, come be part of that and just come meet awesome people and we would love to See you, chat with you, get to know you. We pop around into the rooms and get to know people as well. So we look forward to it. We will see you on Friday the 13th. Yes. To sign up, go to our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com, and click on the meet and greet tab. You can also go to the Patreon tab and find all of the information there about Patreon. Next week. We got an interview with Mariana and Rob. Yes. And this one is super fun. There are a couple from Brazil. Yes. She is actually writing a children's book, uh, sort of um, how to how to explain or how to talk to your kids about polyamory. Yeah. No, I'm really excited for it. Yeah, it's super amazing. Uh, the book is not officially, like she's written it and the illustrator is working on it. She's launching a Kickstarter campaign to get it published. Yeah, next week. So if you want to go sign up early to be on the mailing list for the Kickstarter, we would be hugely appreciative. Uh, we are not financially backed by this book in any way, shape, or form. We just love love what she's doing. Yes. Head over to our website again, as we talked about, under the podcast tab. You'll see show notes for everything, and there will be links in there for her Kickstarter. You can sign up and be up, up to date on it and yeah. get involved and support her. And I think that's it. That's all we got this week. That's it. Just 45 minutes of intros and outros. <laughs> and Finn was right 100% of the time. Hey, so was I. You told me I was right. Yeah, nailed it. Yes. High five. All right. With that, everybody, we hope you have the, a wonderful rest of your week. Don't forget to go check out Poly Dallas Millennium. Yes, this weekend. And have a wonderful time. And we will see you all in a week. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening. <laughs>